Christian viewing experience. I am Noah Wilder. I'm Elias Chavez. And this is our Christian viewing experience. <laughs> Why'd that make you laugh? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. And we are here today to do what we do uh, every week when we record an episode, which, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be, we're going to do an icebreaker real, real quick, and then we're going to get into what we call the feature presentation, where each of us will present this week on a movie each and talk about how it relates to God or the Bible or something like that, just for your entertainment and our own entertainment, and just so you can have those conversations, bring up these things with people who really like these movies, um, or just be edified by listening to two people talk about God. So that, that, that's what we're here for. Um, Elias? Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's up? Uh, icebreaker time. Okay. What is something that society has deemed you should not like, okay. yet you do? For example, <laughs> okay. my response is, I think dandelions are pretty, like, they're pretty. <laughs> I think they're I pretty like pretty. yeah. Like, I don't see why they're a problem Yeah. as a flower. Yeah. I understand their problem as a weed, I yeah. guess. I guess. Because, yeah. even, like, even the da- most dandelions don't have a giant weed around them. Yeah. I guess if you leave them, maybe. I don't. That's the thing. This is the thing. I don't know why they are a problem. I understand that people want grass, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But like I like especially when they're small yellow ones, I like the way they look in the grass. Just a bunch of yellow dots in the grass is very nice. So <laughs> that's my example. Okay. I have another answer. Okay. Um apparently White Castle is gross. It's just what I want. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It's tasty to me. Yeah. It's what I want. There you go. Uh, as a quick note to everyone here, I want you, you to know. You do not like White Castle. <laughs> uh, I don't like White Castle. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say more importantly, um, I am I am sick a little bit. I've got this post-viral okay. cough. Um, I will edit out some amount of these coughs, but I know that some of them are still going to end up in the episode because there's no way that I can edit out every single little kiffity cough. Um but anyways, you like coughing. I I enjoy infection and disease. <laughs> if it's if it involves pestilence, give it to me. I love when I can't breathe. I when I'm because for- of my own phlegm. Yes, when I'm I'm forced to do nothing but exhale painfully for minutes at a time. <laughs> I I could fall to the ground and weep, not in pain, but in Thanksgiving, <laughs> knowing that we are in a perfected world. Um, but no, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Um, but no, uh, I guess something something that I like that is deemed uh, distasteful uh, by by our, our common culture and and so on. Uh, I like black cats. Um, I love black cats. Um, I like pit bulls. Um, I'm just trying to think of things that are, 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 I mean, you're, I, do people not like black cats? I know they're supposed to be unlucky, but I don't know if anyone's like that black cat is gross. It looks bad. <laughs> it looks bad. Um, is that a thing? Have you heard this? <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay. Just saying. I mean, people don't I like walking under ladders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, what I was thinking, was, I, was, I was like, it's kind of I fun. I don't think anyone dislikes walking under ladders. I just think. Well, it is a little bit of a safety hazard, but other than that, I think it's just 
Superstition. I don't think people dislike it. What about like standing under it? If you walk. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> that's gross. Like standing under a ladder. Get out of my house. You're, you walk up to the ladder. You, you enter under the ladder. You're standing there. I don't know, five minutes pass, you like sit down, you pull out your phone, you're like scrolling through Instagram or something, and then you exit the same way that you came in. Is that bad luck? Well, if to undo the bad luck, you have to go through the other way, is the And then, and then, wait, what? So if you enter and then exit the same way, I guess that counts. Okay, okay. Canceling out whatever bad luck you, you did. Huh. This is why bad luck is stupid. I, I hate, <laughs> I hate these good luck, bad luck rules. It also has never made sense to me from like a Christian perspective of like. Yeah, we, well, as a Christian, it's dumb and we don't believe it. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, I just, I do enjoy the concept of it. Like, I, again, like I, as a Christian, imagine. God, yeah. writing down. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> he broke him. He broke glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like God is there planning he out. on a crack. Yeah, he, he, his Black father was must in front pay. Of him at some point. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But like, he's he's just like, like he saw a black cat. Well, <sighs> these next seven years are really going to be rough for him. <laughs> really, been, really weird I've that I'm waiting. the one who planned that. <laughs> I have a lot ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a lot in the chamber for this one no i just i find that i find that weird um again just from a christian perspective if god controls everything then like how how work anyways um but that that being said um anything else that uh is deemed unworthy by society but you're like why <laughs> <laughs> why? anime is a thing that i like i don't know if it's still officially like deemed uncouth yeah officially i i think so i think so not i mean not that there's a council on this a council i really love the the, like the thought of like a six-person council just to vote (laughs) on whether or not anime is still a thing for just nerds weekly vote yeah yeah, yeah. but there's six of them so like one week it could it could be yeah, nerdy. Yeah. It feels next it, week. It's okay. Depends yeah. on what just came out. Right? No, literally. That's how it feels sometimes. They're like, oh man, is My Hero Academia running? Then, then anime is so cool. And then whenever the season ends, they're like, sorry guys, we gotta, we gotta put the X on that real quick. <laughs> gotta make sure it doesn't get too mainstream. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> well, I will say in America, part of the appeal to some people who like anime is that other people don't like it. Yeah. No, definitely. It is special. They're they're like, wow, it's countercultural. And it's like, no, you're a a loser. No, it's not. (laughs) It's like, I found a special thing that other people don't know about. Yeah. Unbeknownst to them, though, they do know about it. They they just just hate it. it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. uh, I I would say for most weeks, the six-person council has decided that it is just for nerds. Yeah. I also I also <laughs> like the thought of because it's six people, it can they tie. tie yeah, they yeah. tie all the time and they're just like it's tied. Still We're uncool. We're going to talk about John Wick today. Yes. But uh the man above the high table decides. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the man above the high table. Tis nerdy. That is <laughs> Yes. That's a very anime term. Like some somebody's trying to talk about God, but they don't want to actually say God. Like, <laughs> the one above the high table. <laughs> the one above all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um yeah, not, um yeah. I would say most people, most Christians mm-hmm. uh are like 
Yeah, you're pretty nerdy and a little odd if you like anime. And even people who do enjoy anime, yeah, there is a level where they're just like, yeah, I like my like four or five that I watch. It's weird that you like things because they are anime. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do all that stuff. I'm not going to do all that. It's me, a good medium for me, storytelling. Me and Goku are just going to chill. <laughs> me and Goku. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, but okay. Anyway. There you go. Yeah, I mean, because like so many children watch like the Pokemon anime. Yeah. But they're not watching a single other anime ever. It's so funny. <laughs> I always... I. It's just like Pokemon is funny. Or is you like cartoon? The but way di- you said cartoon that. but different. I yeah, me know not how. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's actually it's really funny because yeah. like growing up because of tsunami and stuff like that. Like yeah. I, I watched a lot of anime that I didn't realize was anime until like literally like a decade later. Yeah, I if, never, if not more. I never was into Pokemon. Sure, I never really watched me- any anime, but sometimes when it was just on or whatever and i was watching it because I, I it was, was on and you're a child yeah. yeah uh i would be like i know this is different i can see that other cartoons are not, not like, like this, this. <laughs> yes and their mouths are weird and don't line up sometimes <laughs> and their eyes are funny <laughs> but i could not tell you what besides their mouths not lining up is going on here <laughs> what makes it different I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I don't know what it was, dude, but like from the time I was a kid, I'd like anime would come on and I was just like, yes, <laughs> my sleeper cell has yes. activated aesthetic. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know why. But again, from the time I was a kid, it was just immediately something that I was like, this is really cool. This is something that I'm drawn to. Yeah. All, All right. right. There you go. People, if you want to tell us that. You also like dandelions or White Castle or anime or black cats. Uh, let us know. Or if there's something you want to tell us about and we can talk about how it's weird that you like that or completely agree with you, let us know at ocvepod.com, ocvepod at gmail.com if you want to email us or on Facebook or Twitter at at o-c-v-e-p-o-d thanks for being here we're gonna get into the feature presentation now <laughs> um i'm gonna go first okay i'm talking about top gun maverick uh which you haven't seen no you haven't seen the first one either <sighs> no so uh I, I mean you know what kind of movie you're getting into so i mean i don't think i genuinely i have no idea what these are about i thought that the first one was like a spy film until i saw the trailer for top gun maverick and i was like oh this one's about planes i guess yeah it's about both are about pilots yeah and the uh top gun program which is the navy's program to train the top pilots in the navy yeah to essentially get good at dogfights. Yeah. Because you can't train for a dogfight. Like, you're not... Unless you're in one. Yeah. So, they take the top pilots, stick them in there. Because they're naval aviators is what they are. Mm-hmm. Instead of in the Air Force, they're the people who launch off of an aircraft carrier rather yeah. than a, an Air Force base. Um, anyway, 
Yeah, Top Gun. So Top Gun is the name of that like class that you can take and graduate in, and those are the top, the best of the best. Yeah. In naval aviation, so that's why it's called Top Gun. Yeah. I wonder how they compare to Air Force pilots. I mean, if you ask them. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. Huh. I don't know why they're separated. Yeah. I mean, I understand the Navy aviation thing, but like, sure. why are the classes and the training different? Yeah. No idea. Because when in air over ground, different than air over sea? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> because naval aviators just, they go on to the land to attack places and then come back. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they're exclusively over the sea. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know, man. But anyways, moving on. Yes. So, Pete Maverick Mitchell is Tom Cruise's character uh in this movie he has to teach a class at the top gun facility so that the team that he chooses in this class can perform a near impossible mission Ahem. uh okay <laughs> yeah because you know tom cruise the mission is almost impossible but you can do it i get it um so anyway <laughs> one of the members on the of the class is Maverick's old co-pilot son, whose name is, well, his name isn't Rooster, but uh, his call sign is Rooster, so everyone calls him Rooster throughout the movie. Um, back in the day, his co-pilot was called Goose, and he died during the events of the first movie. Uh, so in the interim between movies, Rooster's mom also dies of something and okay um and maverick becomes the only parental figure in rooster's life and for other reasons i will also not spoil maverick pulls rooster's application to the naval academy uh and tries to get him to not be a pilot not be in the navy right and sets his career back by four years um and Rooster has to fight and keep going and eventually becomes a pilot. And now he's here. Right. And as a result of that, uh, let's just say they have a strained relationship at this point. They are, uh, well, Rooster is not happy with Maverick at all. Uh, <laughs> hmm. But part of their training is um, the two te- uh, teams of two pilot or planes are out there and uh maverick is flying around taking them down one at a time to uh teach them how to <laughs> engage in a dogfight because they've never experienced that before they've only uh it's said later in the movie that they have only been super high up in the air dropping bombs and flying off that's all they've ever experienced dogfights aren't that uh aren't that common anymore uh (laughs) when you're a pilot you're mostly just bombing or doing surveillance or something like that you usually don't run into other people especially because your planes are so fast that unless you're just like trying to go after someone even if you are right next to each other you're just gonna be gone like three seconds later yeah (laughs) there's no catching up at that point but uh anyway throughout the training in the movie maverick pushes rooster too hard and he gets in trouble for it and the following conversation occurs between maverick and his superior officer like in whiplash (laughs) sure he gets pushed too hard sure (laughs) (laughs) i'm building connections (laughs) yes yeah anyway um his maverick and his superior officer whose uh call sign is cyclone so that's just his name i guess sure Uh, cyclone says um you have less than three weeks. You will teach them how to fly as a team and how to strike the target. 
And Maverick says, and how to come home. And then there's a pause. And Maverick says, and how to come home, sir. And Cyclone responds, every mission has its risks. These pilots accept that. Maverick's response is, I don't, sir. Uh, So what are we learning here? Um, That Maverick's priority is not just to train these pilots on how to work as a team and how to uh, defeat the enemy and strike the target. It's to get them home. Um, That's his priority above anything else. And yes, they only have to come home because they're going to do the other things. But to him, it's more important that they make it home safely, even if they fail. Um, Maverick continues to train the class. And eventually, he is the one who leads the team to carry out the mission. Uh, On this mission, he chooses Rooster as one of the pilots to come along. And they complete their mission. Uh, They destroy a uh, uranium enrichment site. That was not sanctioned by the UN, so it's a big no-no. Anyway, <laughs> um, on the mission, uh, they destroy that. And on the way back to the aircraft carrier, they are intercepted by the enemy pilots because, you know, they just attacked their facility. And <laughs> through the course of this dogfight, uh, Rooster is evading missiles and things like that and has been using his flares to threw off the heat sensing on the missiles and is has run out of flares. And at that point, he has another missile coming at him. Maverick sees this. He decides, I got to save who is essentially his son, Rooster. Uh, and he flies directly above him and launches his own um, flares to throw off the missile, but it doesn't work. It hits Maverick. Maverick has sacrificed himself uh, to save his son in this scenario. Um, big spoilers here, I guess. Um, he goes down, <laughs> okay. uh, but Maverick survives. He jumped. He parachuted out at the last minute. He's okay. He's on the ground. He wakes up because they, he was through a very traumatic circumstance and uh, had passed out. Uh, and then he is looking around and a helicopter there is, is there ready to kill him. And uh, he runs away. Helicopter follows. He has nowhere else to go. And then at the last second, helicopter explodes. Rooster is there to save him. And because Rooster had turned around, even though he was out of flares to save Maverick, he also goes down because he has no way to evade missiles anymore. Um, so they both are taken down, both sacrificing themselves for each other. Um, and they reconcile through this. Um, but eventually they get back home. Everyone's safe, but I won't spoil how they get back home at that point. So, because it's not important to what I'm trying to say. So what does this have to do with the Christian God and the biblical narrative? Let me tell you about that. Uh, biblically we are God's creation and we are people. So that means we are his children. Uh, and, and through our own actions, we are estranged from our heavenly father. Part of the problem is that there is an enemy that tempts us, that tries to keep us away from God And we call this enemy Satan or the devil, um, which both those words just mean enemy. So that's cool. Uh, (laughs) um, Oh, translation. Yeah. But I think it's important for this analogy to point out that, yeah, the devil is the enemy. Satan is the enemy. But it's on us. We're the ones who estranged ourselves 
So there is an enemy that needs to be defeated, but there's another thing going on. Um, God wants to bring us back to him because it's not going to fix things just to defeat the enemy. Uh, And lots of people now like to act smarter than God and say, well, why doesn't God just defeat the devil and fix everything? Well, the answer is because that wouldn't fix anything. Um, It's almost a valid question, but if you knew anything about God, you would already know the answer. Uh, We act as if we know God's mission, and we act as if that mission is to defeat the devil. And while that's something that God definitely definitely will do, uh, it's not his priority. God's priority is to reconcile us back to him and bring us home to him and uh, have a relationship with us as his children and him as our father. Uh, He can defeat the devil whenever he likes, but he delays so that we may have a chance to return to him. Uh, 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Um, God waits to return. He waits to bring his wrath down upon us and and, and the devil. Uh, so as many as possible might be saved. But he will defeat the enemy. That is part of God's plan, part of the mission. But that isn't his priority. Um like we were talking about with Maverick, tying it back to the movie, his mission is to defeat the enemy, but his priority is to save as many people as possible uh, on his team. And specifically, part of that means reconciling his uh, essentially adoptive son back to himself. They've been estranged from each other and uh, showing that they he trusts him and that uh, his safety is his top priority and he's always going to look out for him and, and the rest of the people on the team, bringing them home, reconciling them to him. That's his priority, not just blowing up this one facility. That's great. That's the mission, but that's not his priority. That's not why he's doing this. That's not what he's out there to do. Uh, and how this reconciliation is done is by um, Maverick calling Rooster to work alongside him. And then through that work, Maverick sacrifices himself to save Rooster. And that's what reconciles their relationship. And this works so well at restoring their relationship that Rooster also almost immediately is willing to do the same for uh, for Maverick. He's immediately willing to give up his life to save Maverick. So they're buddies again. Ta-da. <laughs> Movie logic. Um, it works really well. And so what does God do for us? He calls us to work alongside us. Or sorry, him. <laughs> there we go. And part of that is only possible because he died for us. He died for our sins in our place. And that is what allows us to build a relationship back to him and come home to him safely. That's what saves us. Uh, And in response, we are called to lay our lives down for him. And that's not some crazy request. (laughs) That's just what it is. That's the natural response. That's what we do for someone who's done this for us, especially when we do not deserve it. Um, And so just like in the movie, uh, Rooster immediately is willing to lay down his life for Maverick. Um, 
this is not something that God says, you will die for me. Got it. And we do it. Uh, it's something where we're like, God, please, I love you. I will give anything for you, including my life, including uh, my my mortal existence on this world, um, in this world, on this earth, whatever you want to say. Part that's included. That's something we're perfectly willing to do, not because it's commanded of us, but because that is the right response. That's how you re- reconcile with someone who has sacrificed himself for you, um, just as the movie shows us. And so I just thought that was a good uh, analog for what's going on here in the movie and in the Bible, that God's mission, yes, is to defeat the devil to bring about this new heaven and new earth, but his priority is not that. His priority is to reconcile us to him, to bring us home to him, and in uh, our safety and our uh, proper relationship with him is the top priority. And so he'll wait as long as he wants to because he already knows he can defeat the devil, so why not just focus on his own priority, which is to save us? and uh, bring us back to him. And then there's also this nice little, he sacrificed himself for us, and so the natural response, the only proper response, is to be willing to sacrifice ourselves from him. That's also in the movie. Um, So, yeah, if you know anyone who likes Top Gun Maverick or you like Top Gun Maverick, you can think about these things and and praise God for how good he is and how much better he is than Tom Cruise. Um, (laughs) The Scientologist. (laughs) That's not what I was trying to get at, but sure. Uh, Yeah, Scientology is false. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like that as a statement. Um, (laughs) Elias, uh, I know you haven't seen the movie, but did you have anything else to add? No, I like how neatly it all fits, though. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I like what a what a what a good little bow you're able to put on that message, and just like that relationship between uh, Rooster and Maverick, and be like, this is you know, like God does have this plan for us, and He's able to like, and as part of carrying out this plan, like contingent upon that is also the reconciliation of our relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. It's not just about like, oh, you're safe, or oh, you're doing my will versus your own will. Mm-hmm. Like, it's also about that relational aspect. And I really like that. I, that's not really something to add, but I, I, like I said, I do like how, how yeah. neatly that all fits together. Yeah. Another part of the movie is that uh, Rooster is a good pilot, but he's very by the book. Yeah. And uh, the mission literally calls for you to throw the book out. Yeah. It, the, what you're required to do is more than what your plane is built to do. Your plane will probably not fly again once you're done with the mission. Yeah. So for Rooster to go on this mission, he needs to do Maverick's will and do it the way he would do it and not by the book. And so, yeah, that is I guess that is part of it to not all everything else I did. But another aspect <laughs> is that uh, that like Rooster needs to surrender his will and follow the lead of um, of Maverick just as we need to the surrender our own will. pilot. And uh, yeah, uh, surrender our own will and trust in God's will in that because that's the only way this is actually going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that wasn't what you were trying to say because you haven't seen the movie, but no, made me think of that. So thanks. Yeah, no problem, man. (laughs) Um, Cool. Uh, By contrast. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to talk about John Wick. Cool. A completely different film. Yes. Nothing relating at all. Probably not. 
There is guns. Gun. (laughs) And there's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no one says, yeah. Quite like John Wick. In uh, Top Gun Maverick. Nobody nobody says, yeah? I mean, they don't say, yeah. Yeah. They they might say, yeah, who knows, but they don't say, yeah. Guns. (laughs) Tactical. Yeah. I love what a, what a guy that Keanu. Um, that's not Keanu. That's John Wick. John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Con- no. Continue. <laughs> yes. Anyways, point is, um, I mean, yeah, basically that. I, John Wick was introduced to the world in good old 2014. and what, from, a, what a year. What a year. From then, he's gone from just being like a funny assassin guy to basically a household name. Yeah. Everybody knows John Wick. <laughs> Yeah. Your grandma knows John Wick. <laughs> Every movie makes more money. I don't know how. <laughs> they spend more money on it. Return on investment is happening. Yeah. I, I, I don't, again, I don't know how. Anyway, but continue. Every it, It's almost like the MCU at this point. Like every celebrity is bound to appear in a John Wick film at some point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. Continue. Who owns John Wick? Actually, real quick. Do you know off the top of your head? Like, is it Fox? It's not Fox. Like Lionsgate? Is it Lionsgate? Does Lionsgate own John I'll Wick? look it up. Continue. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah. Uh, this newest John Wick film has come out, though. John Wick Quattro. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're on John Wick 4. Um, and in this one, whatever the subtitle is, I don't remember. There's um, not one on this one. Is there not one? Okay, good. Uh, it's chapter four. But... It's chapter four, John Wick. Chapter four, Antebellum. <laughs> Antebellum. <laughs> yes. Three was Parabellum. And this one's John. An- John Antebellum. And John Wick, Lady Antebellum. <laughs> no, uh, but anyways. Spider. <laughs> John Wick. Killing everyone, <laughs> but to this, to that specific song. Oh my gosh! I would. I know that I already pay money to see John Wick do what John Wick does, but I'd pay extra money for that one. Um, but anyways, um, the basic premise of the film: uh, at the end of the last one, we saw John Wick shot by his best buddy Winston. And he, he fell off the roof of a building. We were all like, oh, my gosh, John Wick's dead, guys. Oh, my gosh, he's falling. He's so dead. And it turned – well, he's not dead. Uh, and he's running around and he's trying to hide from the high table who – Yep, Lionsgate. It is Lionsgate. Yep. Cool. Um, they want him super dead um, because he stands for uh, rebellion, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's really weird because nobody else is – Everyone else is just like, I mean, I'm not John Wick. I can't get away with that. Yeah. He's John Wick and he's barely getting away with that. Yeah. You know? So like. No one defies the high table. Yeah. 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 There's this structure over the assassin society called the high table. Yep. Yeah. And. uh, And there's a man above it. Apparently. Who immediately dies in the fourth one. Yeah. (laughs) Funny how that works. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, continue. But the point is. Um. John Wick, cool dude, um, but he's on the run. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everybody wants him dead, but pretty much everybody's willing to kill him to make a lot of money. Um, there you go. Pretty pretty simple. Um, 
as he's on the run, he, you know, he gets a cool gun and he gets a bulletproof suit and he's like, okay, now that I'm all ready to go off and kill people, I better hide. So he goes <laughs> and he reaches out to his like, you know, practically brother, uh, the runner of the Osaka Hotel. These hotels are these well, They're called the Continental. Yes, the Continental. Um, these Continental hotels, they, and they are they are quite literally hotels. Um, but they're like sanctioned ground by the high table that allows sacred ground. or sacred. Sorry, so whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, but there's these sacred ground as sanctioned by the high table. Um, business can be done there, but like cannot not, be done there. Or sorry, <laughs> I mean like like deals, okay. but not like assassinations cannot happen. Yes, there. Ex- exactly. Um, but they can conduct other business there and get like service and yeah right it continues <laughs> yes and that's what I'm saying like you can you can goods and services sure blood no <laughs> um, yes correct now with this being said um, he's he's hiding here very. I mean, it's all illegal, but like illegal by the high table standards. Um, John Wick has been excommunicated, excommunicado. And uh, because of that, he's not allowed to receive any services at any of these hotels, at any of these continentals. Um, but he's there in Osaka because his practically brother, uh, Shimizu, um, is the one running this specific hotel. So he shows up. And he and Shimizu are having this great conversation about how he can't run forever. Um, and Shimizu tells him, he's like, hey, I want you to find your peace, but a good death only comes after a good life. And John Wick responds, you and I left a good life a long time ago, my friend. Really good line. But it flies kind of in the face of Christianity, um, which is what I want to actually talk about here. Because the whole movie, and you could even say the whole series, um, is really about this one man's uh, who's trying to atone for his past sins. But the problem yeah. is he's trying to do it all by himself, right? It's it like that. It's, it's the premise of every single John Wick movie is this thing happened. One man. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's in. He in. He he's trying to do this. But like, if you look at John Wick at the beginning of each of these films, he's in a worse spot than he yeah, was. In things the, keep getting worse. Things keep getting worse. And if you think about why, it's because he doesn't have God in his life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, argue with me. Um, there's even a point in the film where, uh, which I, I honestly, I think it's a really beautiful moment. But he's sitting in the church and he, he's talking to his other practically brother, Cain, um, and he's like lighting these candles and everything and he's trying to offer up these prayers and he's like, you know, he's you know, Cain asks him, he's like, do you think that your wife can hear you? Because his wife, uh, I want to say Rachel so bad right there. No. <laughs> no it's not so. Rachel. I don't uh, think so. I think it starts with an H. Vanessa. No. No. <laughs> Anyways, whatever his wife's name is, I, I blinked so hard. Um but you know he, he's you know he's like uh, he's like do you think she can hear you and he's like no but what if Helen. I'm wrong Helen I knew it was an H I knew it was an H oh my gosh um, but yeah he's like do you think Helen can hear you and he's like no but what if I'm wrong and I think that that's really beautiful that's really sweet you know like oh oh what if what if you are I wrong my bed too. yeah exactly <laughs> but again that doesn't mean anything because he's not actually saved he keeps trying to do all these things. To again to hedge his bets, but it doesn't actually mean anything because as a Christian, very importantly, once once we are saved, 
no matter what mistakes we actually end up making, no matter how bad things get, we're always able to run back to Christ. Um, his arms are always open to us as long as we are humble and we are repentant and we are like truly um, ready to ask for forgiveness for our sins and like turn our back on that, repent. Um, <laughs> but that's unlike how John Wick is trying to live his life and also how he is trying to um, talk to Shimizu in this scene. Um, it's like, hey man, you're completely missing the whole point of what a good life is because it's not that you left it behind a long time ago. Yeah, you did some <clears throat> bad stuff, but... <laughs> That doesn't matter because what Shimazu really means here is that you are able – because the whole point of the conversation is that he's like, you know, like, okay, so you're going to go and you're going to kill this new guy that they have hired to try and kill you. Yeah. Who has like all the high tables uh, resources, resources at yeah. his disposal. Okay, great. But once you kill him, the high table is just going to appoint a new guy. Mm -hmm. And that cycle is just going to keep continuing until you're dead. What's your end game here, John? And mm. John is just like, blood. <laughs> um, you said that like you're a cartoon Dracula. <laughs> blood. <laughs> um, but no, it's just, it's just like there's not a game plan there. The reason John has left the good life behind him is because the homie has no foresight. He's unable. Yeah. <laughs> like he just. Yeah. How he got into this is he got out. Yep. To be with his wife. His wife dies. Yes. Gets a dog. Yes. Dog gets killed. I understand the rage. Because <laughs> the dog was given to him as his like last vestige of peace from his wife and all these things. After she died, she organized it. Yes. Very nice. I understand the rage. Inappropriate response. <laughs> You've never just gone on a crazy binge killing spree against movie, a bunch of Russians? <laughs> in the first movie, he kills like... 60-something people. Yes. Because of the dog. Yes. And now, I, as much as I understand, I don't understand. <laughs> Is it an appropriate human response? Yes. Is it an appropriate Christian response? No. <laughs> Is it an appropriate Christian feeling to have and human feeling to have? Of course. Christian response? Heck no. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> human response? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but yes, that's that. That is what happens in the first one, and then from there, I guess it just keeps getting worse because he keeps defying the rules, right, of the society he was. He brought himself back into, right, and it keeps pulling him deeper and deeper and deeper into it, and more people are trying to kill him, right, and escalating fun for a movie, but like. You're just making things worse constantly, John. Get it together. Oh, what a time. What yeah. a time. Second uh, Corinthians 7.14 actually says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I think that's a really beautiful verse. Um, and it really shows like, hey. John, you Christian, um, whatever sin you're going through, if you can turn from that, that's like a really prime time to jump into this forgiveness that Christ has offered you through his death. Um, I think that a better story potentially to like really highlight that is the story of the prodigal son. Um, John Wick has the chance in these movies 
to really be a prodigal son. He tries in every single one of them to be like, oh man, if I only do this, that, and the other thing, then I'll be done. I'll be out. I'll be out again. Yeah. But every single time he does play by their own rules, he just digs himself deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole, this grave that he's dug. Hey man, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the product yeah. in yeah. In the story of the prodigal son, obviously, I'm assuming you're all familiar with it. It's certainly not the first time that we've talked about it on this very podcast. But in the story of the prodigal son, this dude asks for his father's inheritance and he just scrounges it away. It's just is everything is wasted. Yeah. And that's kind of what John Wick has here. He has this shot at peace, which the movies make it very clear, like, hey man, you're given this one opportunity. Um, you got out, not many people, if anyone <laughs> really gets out from under high table rule. Yeah. You can only get out once. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that is honestly really true to Christian life. Christ died and now there is one way to heaven, one chance, one shot to heaven. Can you follow Christ? If no, then you're not saved. Right. There you go. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, with the story of the prodigal son, that he gets so low one, at one point. Yeah, he realizes, oh, I blew it. Maybe my dad will make me a servant. Yes, he doesn't even try to like get back to this point of yeah sonship and inheritance. Yeah, to. Say, hey, I'm your son. He you basically just gives up. Yes. And he says, God, he, not God, father, make me a slave. I'll be your servant. Like I've, I've wasted everything. And the father turns around because he's so gracious because he's representing God and says, yes. you are my son. Kill the fat calf. Give him some clothes. Give him the nicest clothes. We're throwing a party. Yeah. You are my son. You will be treated as such. Yes. I'm so glad. I'm so joyful that you are here yeah and you have returned and you've seen the wickedness and error in your ways and so for john wick he, everything is getting worse and he still doesn't see the error in he's still ways. like oh, he's like oh man if only i can burn this this then this bridge too yeah that'll get me to where i'd It'd need be to go. as if the prodigal son was eating with pigs and was like well, if I kill a pig, then I get to eat a pig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then his, I don't know, the master is like, you just killed one of my pigs. And, yeah, you and know, he goes to jail. And, yeah. then, yeah. <laughs> and it just it keeps getting worse yeah. every single movie. Yeah. Or terrible. Don't, I don't, don't know. be like, yes. <laughs> Jesus is like, come back tomorrow for the rest <laughs> yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. And a larger crowd gathered. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and they, and they started paying him money. <laughs> Whoa! Good thing yeah. God, Good thing Jesus actually didn't do that because yeah. that would be kind of sketchy. That would be that'd be pretty sketchy. <laughs> anyway, they probably would have accepted him more in his time, though. They'd be like, "Oh, he just wants money." Okay, cool. <laughs> so John, he is yeah, he's like that prodigal son who just keeps getting into a worse situation instead of turning around. And I kind of liked you went a different direction with this, but I kind of liked in the fourth oh, okay movie, fourth movie. <laughs> That he's like, I got to make things right. I got to get everything in order before I die. I can't yeah. just die. Yeah. Then everything I have done will be nothing. Yeah. And yeah, that's the sunk cost fallacy. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, good job, John. I liked that because Mister Week. If we were to like super remove ourselves from what's actually happening in the movie, we could be like, you got to get right with God before you die. So. 
you gotta it's not works based and at the end of the movie it's like these people were gracious towards him and allowed him (laughs) they allowed him back into the the family that allows him to uh issue his challenge yeah issue the challenge and then even like even his enemy helps him get to the challenge and not be cheated yeah and then even at that point his enemy refuses to kill him yeah and and like there's a lot of mercy going on in yeah. that that allows him to get right with quote unquote God, uh, in the which would be this horrible organization. Uh, <laughs> in yeah. the analogy before he dies, and that's where I would have went with it, and it would have been very difficult. So I like that you went the other way. I went the other way with that. This yeah, I'm just I'm literally listening to you talk, and I'm like, yeah, yeah and uh, and I wasn't gonna do that. So, <laughs> but you're like, no, listen, this is a warning. Like, yeah, you can turn around. Back to like what I was saying. Like God is waiting he can change he can come right now but he's waiting because you still have a chance yeah you can I've, change things yeah i don't I've, have to keep making things worse right i've heard before this uh comparison almost of like god as our father and then like us as as his children where it's like in order for us to sin and i may have talked about this on the podcast before but like in order for us to sin we have to like put our fingers in our ears and like turn our backs on him and like mm-hmm. scream and shout so we can't hear and just like like stomp and just throw this massive tantrum yeah. um but the advantage of that is that he never leaves us you know he's right. still like standing right there behind us for whenever we want to turn around yeah. or you know and then like are be you accepted. done yeah exactly <laughs> like literally like are you finished disobeying me can we walk together again and like yeah. try and fix this do you see how that didn't help anything <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but I, i've i've heard that um analogy before and mm-hmm. i i've always really enjoyed that. there's an image that's really I, i'm a very image-based person and i really i like that one anyways mm-hmm. but yes um but in short, yeah, there we go. That's uh, that's my little presentation here. I, yeah. I hope that that um, helps yeah. somebody or at least gives something to somebody something to think about. So chew on. But I also kind of going along with what you said. Yeah, a major problem is John keeps thinking he can fix this himself. Yes, yes, I touched on that effort. Yeah, just this yeah. this whole thing. Like he thinks he can do this by himself. And again, it's just constantly deeper down the hole. Mm-hmm. Like you're not getting anywhere, man. And, and even then, even when things do get better for him, it's because somebody steps in and is like, I can help you for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Every time things are like, <coughs> oh, I guess he's okay now at, yeah. the, at this point in the movie and you think things are going to be okay. It's because Winston or another one of his friends. Halle is, Berry. Yeah. <laughs> or whoever is like nice and like does the right thing for him. Yeah. And that has a different message of like, oh, yeah, what goes goes around comes around. You reap what you sow, loyalty yeah. and, all, and being a good man and all these things. But uh, it still doesn't work out Yeah, for John. Uh, yeah. he, it kind of has a nice ending because that's what he's going after this whole time is right. like, I just want to get out. I want to die and be die. with my wife and, I be buried, die. and be buried next to her. Like, I don't care about this anymore. I'm just tired. I'm not going to die. <laughs> John Wick sleepy. I'm not going to die and you guys be in the right. So I'm just going to keep going until you guys are done. Maybe it'll kill me. Maybe it won't. But let's go. Yeah. So like, it's nice from the from the story that the movie is telling. But looking at it as, John, just quit making things worse. Yeah. You can stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just stop, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that as like a sub. That could be the subtitle for John Wick 4. John Wick 4, just stop, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, Noah already did our, our little plug earlier. Um, but if you have anything you want to say to us, please uh, shoot your shot. Uh, let us know. <laughs> let us know what's ruminating in your brain. Um, but yes, we will. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Uh, goodbye. Bye.